We were in prison and now we're running free. All because of what Jesus has done for us. Amen. Our new name written down in glory.
sing a song. But I hope this is our prayer. I hope this is our prayer, not just on Sundays, but throughout the week as we prepare our hearts. Uh, that, Lord, if there's anything, any wicked way in me, show me, Lord. Show me, Lord. And that we would renounce it when he shows it to us. Because that's what the scripture was talked about this morning. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, right? Seek my face. Turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. And he'll send the rain. He'll send the rain. And we need to live our lives and speak the words that say we believe that. That we believe that he will send the rain. I heard the story once of a, a, a church that was gathering together to pray for rain in the middle of a drought. One little girl showed up with an umbrella. One little girl sat on that front row with an umbrella. She was the only one ready for God to send the rain, for him to actually send it. Let's be ready. Let's be ready to receive. We abide in him. Amen.
Jesus, today we link arms with you and link hearts with you, and we're thankful that we abide in the vine. I pray if there's anyone here, God, that is away from you today, they will find you. Because the most beautiful thing in life isn't a marriage or the birth of a child. They are great moments, but the most beautiful thing in life is to find you to find you. And today I pray we find you and we leave here with you and we take you everywhere we go. Father, we love you today. Bless your word. May the word cut deep in our heart and may we use it this week. God, may you let us be obedient to it. Thank you for a wonderful time of worship. And now we'll worship as we read and hear your word, Lord. We love you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Good morning. So I titled this message, I Wish You Were Dead. Because when I was reading this, I thought, remember when I was 11 years old, I, uh, I wanted to go somewhere really bad. So we lived in a country area and the big city was 10 miles away. The big city of 2000 was uh, 10 miles away and I wanted to go to Yorkville and I told mom, all the guys are going, we're going to, we're going to go and Tony's going to take us. And she said, you're not going. And I went, pardon me. She said, you're not going. You're not going with those boys. I don't like them. And I went, they're over the house all the time. Over at the house is one thing. Me letting you go with them's another. So yeah, mom. Uh, so, uh, I didn't go. And I remember our house was on the way to the road, and those guys came by, beep, 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 and honking and waving, and I looked at my mother and said, I hate you. And I ran to my room, and then I realized later on that uh, the seed of encouragement was about to be met. Uh, I grew up in a different generation when uh, your, uh, your, your bottom would receive love. Uh, so I grew up in just a different generation where the SWAT was coming. Uh, I'm not saying that's good or bad, but I remember my anger at that moment. For not getting my way. Jesus talks about angry words. Would you go to Matthew the 5th chapter. The 21st verse. Matthew 5.21. It's amazing. Now we have phones. And you know. You can get any version on the Bible you want. It's nice as a pastor. Kind of to hear the pages turn up. Still nice. Maybe it's nostalgic for me, but I do like it. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago. It's talking about the law. You shall not murder. Anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, I say anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. Anyone who says you fool will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if any, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother and sister has sinned against you. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly. Boy, that's a good word. With your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid your last penny. 
they tell us that nonviolent acts are down in America. Uh, many cities have said that, and the mayor has to tell that, so they've got to get up and say that. I will say this much. They even say that nonviolent acts are down in Kansas City. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not talking about uh, assault or intent. There, we broke the record last year for the most violent act, which is taking a life. We had over 180 murders in our city. We've got an angry city, folks. I'm not going to go back to parade and go there again. Now, you want to see some anger. This is an election year. You want to see right, left, libertarian. I've got this. I'm vo- And you want to see some anger. Just wait till around October when those ads start coming out in venomous degrees. So we're in a presidential election and there's anger. And Jesus is addressing murder, but he's also addressing intent here. The Pharisees counted there were 248 commandments. There were 365 prohibitions. The problem with the Pharisees, and Jesus is telling, is that they were great at math. They were bad at disobedience. They were bad at obedience. They were bad. So murder, the Hebrew word means lying in wait. It's like Cain and Abel. Cain kills Abel. He was lying in wait for his brother and killed him. Jesus is not talking just about the act of murder. He's speaking about the intent of our heart. What is your heart's intent? I'm just going to march through this passage a little bit, come back to it. Turn to, uh, Deuter- turn to Numbers 35. Now, Jesus talks about the law. We've been going over this on Wednesday night. When he talks about the law in Numbers 35... Oh, good. Thank you. Hey. But if without enmity, someone suddenly pushes another or throws something at them unintentionally or without seeing them, drops on them a stone heavy enough to kill them and they die, then since that other person was not an enemy or no harm was intended, the assembly must judge between the accused and the avenger of blood according to these regulations. What Moses is saying by God is, he's saying there is murder without intent, and he's talking about then you can run to a city of refuge for shelter. But in in Deuteronomy 19, he says this, but if out of hate someone lies in wait, assaults and kills a neighbor, and then flees to one of these cities, the killer shall be sent for by the town elders, be brought back from the city, and be handed over to the avenger of blood to die. It's, a, it's talking about the difference between manslaughter and murder. I'm not trying to make it, but the Bible does make a distinction there. In verse 22, in the Aramaic, raka means you vain fellow. Jesus goes back to the attitude of anger. Uh, what, what I'm basically saying, would you go to James 4? I think what basic Jesus is saying is, he's talking about intent. The reason... We don't speak evil of even brothers or sisters, or we don't speak evil of people, of persons. It's because God values the person. Do you understand that? What God values, we, we shouldn't speak evil of. James 4, 11, 12, brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against their brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and the judges and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but you're setting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, and that is Jesus. 
The one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? 23, 24. I'm just marching through it. Then I want to make some comments on it. In Matthew 23 and 24. If you'll, if you'll go back, if you're there already, I want to go there again. He says this. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, then come back and offer. I will say this to you. Many times people come to the altar and we know how to play church. We know how to put on a good show, raise our hands, thank you, Jesus, and smile. But I've got so much hate in my heart towards my uncle. Jesus, I love you, but my wife and had a big argument. And I'm not saying I'm sorry. I don't care how much I praise. I think Jesus is talking about intent here. He's talking about if you come to the altar and offer a gift, that gift means nothing if you have malice towards your brother or sister. Let me say this in marriage especially. Maybe I'll say this again next week. I think a lot of husbands and wives pre- treat their wife and husband worse than they would a brother and sister in Christ. When I, before I married Wendy... She was my sister in Christ. Do you understand that? We need to treat our wives and husbands like they are brothers and sisters in Christ first. How would you treat a brother or sister in Christ? Jesus is saying, don't bring your gift to the altar and offer to me. Romans 12, 1 and 2, it's one of the most familiar passages in God's word. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. How do you offer? Holy and pleasing to God. This is true and proper worship. Do not be transformed or be not, do not conform by the pattern of this world, but be transformed by your mind. We do that by the word. We do that by bathing ourselves in worship. We do that by putting ourselves in places where our mind can be renewed. Church is one of those places. Then you will be able to test and approve what is God's will, his pleasing and perfect will. A lot of people want to know the, word, the God's will for their life. They want to know purpose for their life. Before purpose comes presence, folks. Before plans comes presence. We must get to God's presence to know his will. I'll tell you what, bitterness can stand between you and God and your sacrifice. When it talks about sacrifice, it's talking about sacrificing ourselves to God, giving ourselves to God. You want to know the purpose of God for your life? Live a holy, clean life and offer yourself to him. Because the more access you give God to your life, the more access God will give you to him. We need, in, in verse 25, in the same passage, Jesus says this, Settle your matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. What he's saying is take action quickly. When David sinned with Bathsheba, remember the scene, Nathan the prophet comes in the room and he says, tells him a story about a little lamb that was stolen, a little sheep that was stolen. And David said, I want that man. And David, that man's you. And David could have said this, don't you dare speak to the king that way. Goodbye. Cut his head off. Slay him. Execute him right now. But he honored the prophet. He honored the prophet and honored his word. Do we do that today? If God's speaking to you today about remorse in your heart or bitterness towards someone or unforgiveness that you have in your heart, are you willing to say, God, I'm not going to take my sacrifice to the altar until I make that right? David says this. In Psalm 51, 17, after Nathan speaks, this is a famous psalm. Go read it again and again. He said, my sacrifice, O God, David says, is what? A broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, God, you will not despise. When you come to God humbly, God will honor that. God will honor that sacrifice. 
But we must take action quickly. When you come to God humbly and not in pride, God will accept. If you go back to Romans 12, I'm doing a lot of scripture this morning. Romans 12:18 says this. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Don't be a strife maker. We, we talked about that a few weeks ago. We talked about being a person that is a peacemaker. What's Jesus saying here? He covers a lot of territory in these passages. You know that? I think what he's saying is this. Number one, watch what you say. Be careful of your words. I was thinking about this with my grandchildren because they live with us. I I think I told you that. And uh, they run around the house. And sometimes I'll say, you little twerps, come on. And I... You know, I've got, I was thinking about that this week because they know they do that and they'll laugh around and we'll laugh. And I'm thinking, I want to speak value over my granddaughters. I don't want to speak things. And I'm just kidding around. But I don't want to speak negativity over them. I want to speak love. And I want to speak, I'm not trying to be a positive thinker saying everything we say is positive. But I do say this. I do believe our words have weight. That's why Proverbs 18.21 says life and death are in the power of the tongue. We need to be very careful what we say. Speak good things over your fellow brothers and sisters. Colossians 3, 16 and 17. Write this down. Put it on your mirror. Let the words of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonition. One and teaching one another in Psalms. We did that this morning. Hymns and spiritual song. Singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. It's hard to have grace in your heart and sing when you've got bitterness towards another brother. That's why I said, before you do that, make sure your heart is clean. But worship does clean our hearts also. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Give thanks to God and the Father by him. We need to let our words be with peace. Our words build up one another. Speak well of people. Why? Because God values them. You're saying God values unchurched people and unchristian people? He absolutely does. They're a person that God's value. Just because someone doesn't follow God doesn't mean that God doesn't value them. I'm going to say it again for the hearing impaired. Just because God doesn't, someone doesn't follow God doesn't mean that Christ doesn't value them. All are valued by him. All are loved by him. So I think Jesus is saying, watch what you say. I think he's also saying, go make it right. Go make it right. Whether it's an email, whether it's a text, whether it's you driving 500 miles, whether it's you knocking on a door and swallowing your pride. Jesus is saying, before you make a sacrifice to me, at the altar and sacrifice yourself. Make sure you're right with your brother and sister. I was um, I was home from college. We had we were campus pastors, so that meant from August to May you were busy. So during the summer we'd speak at youth camps and do things like that. But it was just that that little bit of time in May after the students left around May 16th maybe 15th, and we had those two weeks, I would always go back and see my parents. I remember, I, I just had turned 30. Oh, that was a good age. <laughs> anyway, but I'm saying, I had just turned 30. That's great. Uh, but I just turned 30. And I remember, mom would always get up at 5 o'clock in the morning because women need their peace beside the children. You know what I mean? They need to not hear the craziness. So she got up and she'd always make a pot of coffee at five in the morning. And I got up early that morning. 
which I would take those weeks and sleep in as late as I could because we were going to rest because we were getting ready for another run because we'd speak at six or seven youth camps during the summer, and it was just a long summer. And I remember getting up, and I came down at 5 o'clock in the morning, and something really hit me. And I remember, I don't know what prompted me, if it was God or just my, my heart. I said, hey, Mom, yeah, how come you love my brother more than me? And uh, I'll never forget, she just put her head on the table and cried uncontrollably for a few minutes. And she looked up and she said, he's weaker than you. And I know you're stronger. And he needed me more than you needed me. Boy, that was a confession, wasn't it? And I said, Mom, I love you. And I remember we hugged. And that was a real turning point for me with her because I didn't hate my mother, but I knew there was contention there. And I remember saying that and us healing at that moment. Shortly after that, my mom, uh, later that year, she contracted brain cancer and died 18 months later. But I remember God gave me that. I want to say something to you. Sometimes it's worth it to take the risk, to say, I'm sorry, to say, to swallow your pride, to humble yourself and be a person of God and go to that person and say, I'm sorry I was wrong. Even if they are still bitter, even if they're still in malice, it is our job to be a person of value and be a person of God and go say and build the bridge. Amen. Build the bridge. Build the bridge. Jesus is saying, I will tell you this. If you write down anything I've ever told you, write down this. Life is too short to hold long grudges. It just is. It's too short. Don't do it. Don't do it. Jesus is saying, make it right. He's saying, watch what you say. And I think this is the tough part. Someday payday. If you don't, the judge is coming. And I think if you keep speaking evil and not guarding your mouth, judgment will come. Luke 17, 3 and 4. So watch yourself if your brother or sister sins against you. Rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day, that is a lot. Somebody has got something in their heart they need to repair. And seven times come back to you saying, I repent. You must forgive them. Proverbs 4.23. One of our favorite passages, whoever's you've been a Christian more than a year. And above all else, guard your heart. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. It's not talking about as much the action of murder as our words can kill, our words can destroy. He's talking about how do you speak in the intent of your heart. And for everything you do flows from what? Your heart, your spirit. God's interested in spirit. We have a body. We have a soul. But God is interested. Is your spirit in touch with me? Has spirit touched spirit? You see, what he's saying, is it worth it? I, I'm gonna, that's why the Bible says to cast all your cares on him in 1 Peter 5, 7. Because he cares for you. I got a few minutes. I, I got time. Um, I was probably 14 years old. And the reason the first year, if you're new here, I tell a lot of stories about me growing up is because I want you to know. I think a lot of times the pastor will come in. He'll preach these lavish messages and be great in the word. But I want you to know where I'm coming from. Uh, I got saved at 14 years old. And I won't do this a lot through the years. But I just want this first year to you know exactly where I'm coming from as your pastor. And uh, I, got, I got really had an incredible salvation experience at 13. Just saved. 
I mean absolutely saved. No games, no play. All my heart, all to Jesus. And I had been in the church for about three years. So I was probably about 16 when this happened. My mom was a soul winner. Many times, many times, I would be on one bus and she would be on the other and she would knock on the doors on Saturday and I would go and pick up her kids and she would pick up other kids in many days. I mean many. We would pull into church with 100 kids. And I mean many days. My mom won people to Christ. I was preaching at my home church a couple years ago and Doug came up to me and I went, what are you doing here? Like, I know you're a heathen. What are you doing in church? One of those. And he said, no, I married Penny. And I went, Penny, my mom won Penny to Christ when she was 12 years old. She met a classmate of mine, married him, brought him to church, and he got saved. Isn't it amazing how it comes around? Isn't it amazing how God does stuff? So when um, I remember the night, it was, it was a Sunday night. It was kind of cold. It was probably around November. And I remember the pastor gave an altar call. And I remember Jim came up. And I remember him crying uncontrollably, just weeping and weeping and weeping and weeping. You know who he's weeping for? He's weeping for my dad, and I didn't realize it. Because my dad, he loved my father. My dad and the pastor had just had a falling out. My dad disagreed with how we were spending money. And they were spending money the right way, but my dad was a knucklehead and stubborn and would not just concede. And the pastor would not concede. I remember my dad walked out of church that night. And he never went back in church again. And it broke my heart. And I love my pastor. And it, my heart broke for him. Shortly, Wendy and I went to college. And we, you know, that was, that was another time. But my, my dad never walked in church. I want to say this to you. If you're mad at leadership or leadership is something to done. Leadership represents Jesus. But leadership isn't Jesus. I'm going to say that again. Leadership represents Jesus. That's not mean I'm going to confess sin today. Don't worry, I'm okay. But I'm saying this to you. If you have something in your heart that has happened in the past, if something has been wrong, if something's done wrong, let it go. God is able to forgive. It's hard to move on, but you can move on because Jesus allows us to move on. Don't let anything or anyone keep you from access to Jesus. My dad never came back to church. I, I, I took care of him the last year and a half of his life. I loved him. I praise in heaven. I really do. But I'm going to tell you what. I saw bitterness surround his heart. And he was never the same because he got angry and he got mad. And he would speak evil of the pastor. And I'm saying, I'm going to tell you what. Withholding forgiveness will destroy you. It will destroy you. And the problem is the people around you are really who pays. Sometimes when you have bitterness in your heart and you're hurting and you unforgive, it's not the people. You know what? During that time, I was really angry and noticed myself being angry at Wendy a lot. And I wasn't angry at Wendy. I was angry at my dad. And my heart was getting festered. And I wanted him to come back to God. And I didn't understand why God would do this. And it wasn't God that did it. It was my dad's stubbornness. It was his bitterness towards God. I do not want anyone under the sound of my voice today to let your bitterness, your unforgiveness, your words keep you from access to the Holy One, Jesus. Please, please, if you have to send an email, do it. If you have to make a phone call, do it. 
If you have to drive a little bit and knock on a door, do it. Because I want your sacrifice to mean something. Amen? Jesus, Lisa, why don't you come and play a little bit? Thank you so much. I know this is a tough message. Very difficult. I didn't know why Jim was crying that night, but now I do. He's crying for my dad because he knew how serious it was. And I went home and then I realized that it would be very serious. Thank you that our words matter, God. When we talk to you, that our words matter. That when we say things to you, our words matter. That we're not praying to a statue or an idol or a God that doesn't care or doesn't hear. But you hearken and beckon to your people's call. You hear us. Ask anything in my name and you shall receive it because I go on the Father. I go to the Father. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. I, am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens that door, I will come in with him and have fellowship with him and he with me. The word is so imperative. Today, I want to pray for you. I want to pray if you have anything in your heart that right now you're repenting, you're thinking, how can I make it right? Because I'll tell you what, I believe this about God. He will make a way. For men, nothing is impossible. Things are impossible, but with God, nothing shall be impossible. Father, today I thank you that you love us. And I pray for our church, God. I pray for our church, God, that you will heal, God. Send your healing, God, if there's pain, if there's hurt, if there's remorse. Healer, come. Holy Spirit of God, send your healing to this congregation today. And I know we're well and we're healthy But God, I just pray there's no resentment that if we have ought against someone that will heal it, that will speak to that person in kindness. And God, you will help us build a bridge. Build a bridge that at the foot of that bridge is the cross. And Jesus stands there ready to forgive. Pray with me. Say, dear Jesus, help me to speak your words. Help my heart to be pure. Forgive me if I hold something against someone. Help me to make it right. May your blood wash me clean. I receive you today, Jesus. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. It is God's day today. It is a day of forgiveness And you know, you sang that this morning. You sang a song about freedom. You had freedom in the words. I can't remember, but uh, you don't have to play it. She's going, oh no. Uh, I know what she's thinking. He wants me to play it. I'm not. But But I was over there praying that God would give us freedom today in our spirit. Because I think there there are monumental things that happen in our life that the enemy causes to build a wedge. And then we're never the same. My dad was never the same. He's never the same because he never opened up his heart to God and said, Lord, I repent. I'm going to make it right. I believe I am dealing with the church that makes it right. Thank God. But if we need to go, do an email, do a call, drive a car, knock on a door. 
do it because God will honor you. We do not withhold forgiveness, but we freely give forgiveness because we have freely been forgiven. God, be with these people today. Touch them. Help them. This is a church of love. I have seen it again and again in the short time I've been here, God. But love says, I love my brother and my sister because if I don't love them, the Bible says I abide in death. So God, please help me to love. And sometimes it hurts to love. But God, because you are in our heart, may the intent of our heart be right. So we give ourselves a holy sacrifice to you today, Lord. Let us walk out of here with the boldness to say, I can ask for forgiveness. And God, even if that person doesn't grant us forgiveness, I've known I've done what you've asked me to do. I love you today, Lord. Let me speak well about my brothers and sisters in Jesus' name. Amen. Lisa has an announcement. I have two announcements. Oh, I'm sorry, two. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, no, first of all, uh, Bunko, ladies. Bunko's this Saturday. That's right. There we go. That's right. No bitterness if you don't get to wear the tiara. Uh, five o'clock. Uh, so bring your bring food to share, and we'll do what we normally do and have a good time and invite someone uh, to come and join us. Uh, the second thing is Susan wanted me. She was she's at work today, so wasn't able to be here. But Lynette brought a bunch of food from Harvesters again. So there is chicken and pork loin in the freezer downstairs, and all kinds of fruit. And different things down there. So um, I will be down there after church and can help with that. If anyone wants to help me do that as well, that would be lovely. And uh, But yeah, it's uh, for you to take and for what you need or to give to someone you know who needs it. But it's refrigerated stuff, so we can't put it out in the pantry ourselves. So, okay. I will say sometimes some of y'all just need a little bit of time to all be together. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Amen.